This is Mark Halleck, and welcome to the Leading Church Revitalization Podcast. This podcast is designed to encourage and equip you for the work of leading church revitalization in your context. I really hope and pray you will be helped and you'll be encouraged and you might even be a little bit inspired in our time together. Because here's the truth, there's a lot of churches people have given up on that God is just not done with. So thanks for coming by and let's link arms together to replant and revitalize churches for the glory of God and for our joy in Him. Patience is a really good thing. I don't know about you, but I love being around patient people. I love hanging out with those who don't get irritated easily by the everyday annoyances of life or overreact to circumstances that are out of their control. There's just a calming presence that patient people have about them, and I love it. But there's a problem. Practicing patience is something most of us are not very good at. It is also something we rarely celebrate or value in our culture. We live in a day and age in which we can fly anywhere in the world, we can download the newest music, record all kinds of TV shows or movies, and quite literally get a hold of almost anyone anywhere in the world whenever we want. As far as the world is concerned, what is the point of pursuing patience in our lives? It seems foolish. Albert Moeller writes this, He says, most of us recognize that patience is one of the cardinal Christian virtues. We're just in no hurry to obtain it. Others just define patience as a delay in getting what we want. As Margaret Thatcher once famously remarked, I am extraordinarily patient, provided I get my own way in the end. In today's fast-paced society and self-centered culture, patience is quickly disappearing even among Christians. In a similar way, Sam Storms rightly notes, No one comes by patience naturally. No one instinctively responds to adversity and interruptions without at least some measure of irritation and anger. No one encounters opposition to one's plans without some degree of agitation and frustration. Patience, to put it simply, is counterintuitive. It is not something with which we are born. Instead, it's a work of God's grace in the human heart, a fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When it comes to the work of church revitalization, patience is a fruit that we as pastors desperately need the Holy Spirit to grow in us. Stepping into a struggling church, we will immediately find ourselves loving, very tired, probably even burned out, and deeply discouraged folks. Moreover, we will need to be constantly discerning how best to lead within the framework of old systems, structures, and traditions that have shaped the culture of this church for many, many years. To rightly love and lead in a context like this, we will need patience that can only come from the Lord Himself. We must remember that healthy change takes patience because healthy change takes time. Obviously, congregations are made up of individuals— And for change to happen in an entire congregation, change must take place in each of the lives that make up that congregation. This doesn't happen overnight. It almost always takes a great deal of time. 
Patience is needed to help people experience true gospel change in their lives. I just recently visited with a man who has been a pastor in the same church for many years, almost every week for 18 years straight. Think about that, 18 years straight, every week. He has intentionally met with and poured his life into one particular young man in his church. For most of these years, there has been seemingly very little fruit, which has led to seasons of great discouragement for my pastor friend. However, just recently, after 18 years, my friend shared how God has begun to do unbelievable things in this young man's life, though he isn't so young anymore. In our time together, I could tell my friend was deeply encouraged and thankful for the Lord's faithfulness after all of these years. I share this because it's a great example of the kind of pastoral patience we must develop as church revitalizers if we are to be effective shepherds of God's people through the ups and the downs that come over the years in ministry. What is biblical patience? To be honest, left to ourselves and our own strength, I have very little hope of any of us ever becoming truly patient pastors and leaders. I just don't. But the good news is that the Lord has not called us to grow in patience by ourselves on our own, apart from Him. Thankfully, the opposite is actually true. The Holy Spirit is working in us daily, transforming us and conforming us more to the image and character of Christ. Man, how thankful I am for that. Paul writes about the different types of fruit that the Holy Spirit is producing and developing in his people. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This comes from Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The Holy Spirit is producing the characteristics of Christ within us. One of these is patience. Christ-like patience. The word for patience comes from the Greek word makrothumia. There's a lot of meaning packed into this Greek word. It's a term that combines two different words, makros, which is defined as long or far, and thumos, which means anger or wrath. When we put these two words together, we quite literally come up with long anger. The opposite is short anger or short temper. If someone is short-tempered, they are a very impatient person. Macrothumia is speaking of someone who is the opposite of this. They are long-tempered. In other words, they display a spirit-empowered patience that is honoring to the Lord and loving toward others. Clearly, being an impatient leader is out of step with the Spirit's desire as he works through a pastor in a local church. Practically speaking, if we are not long-tempered, our leadership efforts and church revitalization will become very frustrating and, quite frankly, very ineffective. As we seek to love and shepherd the people in our congregation, our lack of patience will result in anger and bitterness toward the very sheep God has entrusted us to love and care for, the very sheep Jesus died to save. Living out biblical patience takes a lot of humility and a lot of love. It takes the power of the Spirit of God. The truth is, we will be ministering to all different kinds of people, some of whom are very difficult and trying of our patience. While we will at times be tempted in our flesh to lash out at them in anger or ask them to leave our church and go worship elsewhere, the Lord has called us to these sheep. Our patience will be tested, no question. 
But the good news is that God promises to equip us and empower us to grow into the long-suffering, loving leaders He wants us to be. Let's think through some of the different types of people we must learn to lead with patience. Here are some specific types of people we must learn to lead with patience. Number one, those who resist and even oppose change. We should be prepared for the reality that there will be individuals in our congregations who will resist and oppose change of all kinds, big or small. And they will do this for a variety of reasons. Some are legitimate reasons, many are not. Either way, change that is sure to come will be hard for many people. We must be ready for this. For some, change is difficult because they have a deeply rooted history with the church. They've been there for years, and many of their closest friends and sweetest life memories have been connected to their church. The thought of things changing is unsettling for them. It feels to them as though they are losing part of who they are. Others have helped to hold this declining church together for years, both financially and through their committed leadership. When families begin to leave the church in order to attend other, more healthy congregations, these faithful men and women hung in there. They've been faithful to this church when few others were. As a result, they are skeptical of changes because they are skeptical that those leading them will be around for the long haul. Still, others feel that changes in the church will result in the older segment of the congregation being forgotten and left behind, perhaps discarded, especially in lieu of reaching younger generations. They worry that as the church moves into the future, they will forget about the past. The bottom line is that there will be those in our church who will resist change for many different reasons. We must acknowledge this and seek to wisely and patiently work to win the hearts of these individuals, to earn their trust as we carefully move forward with changes. We must humbly listen to them, spend time with them, and value them as sheep who need a caring shepherd to lead them well. Number two, those who are slow to learn. We must be patient with those who are slow to learn. Here's what I mean. We're going into churches where the Bible has most likely not been taught very well for a long time. There are biblical and doctrinal truths that you would think those who have been part of this church for many years should have grasped, understood, and applied to their lives by now. We may wonder, why don't these people get it? Why don't they know more about the gospel, the Bible, and living on mission than they do? Again, we cannot expect sheep who have not been fed and shepherded well for years to be healthy well-nurtured disciples. Many of these individuals are hungry for the word, but they have been given milk for so long that they have forgotten how to ingest solid teaching. They have been stunted in their spiritual growth. They have become like a fig tree that cannot produce fruit. Jesus speaks to this in Luke 13, 6-9, and he told this parable, A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put on manure. Then, if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. 
Our job is to help God's people grow and mature. May we patiently dig around their roots and fertilize their hearts and their minds so that they can draw in nutrient-rich teaching. This will allow them to flourish and produce good fruit. This is what godly, patient pastors do. Number three, those who are weak in the faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. As we journey into a church revitalization context, we are going to find people from various walks of life. Many of them have been beaten down, have grown weary of the battle. They will have doubts about whether or not God actually cares, not only for them personally, but for their church. We're going to be spending a lot of time loving these people, teaching the scriptures to them, encouraging them, praying for them, and discipling them. There could very well be others who are wrestling with serious questions about the character and even existence of God. Some of these individuals are humble and desire to learn. However, there could also be others who initially are not interested in learning, but rather wish to quarrel. It will be easy to become impatient with these people. And yet what we need to show them is deep love, much grace, and great patience. God, in His timing, is at work in them. Remember this. Remember, He's working on them just like He is working on us. Clearly, it isn't anger and wrath that changes hearts. It is grace and kindness. This is the beautiful truth of the gracious gospel that has changed each one of us. As Paul teaches in Romans 2.4, it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. May we also share the Lord's kindness with those who are weak in faith. Number four, those who are quick to complain and slow to encourage. Criticism is part of the territory when it comes to pastoral ministry. While it's not fun, and it's not fun, it is a reality. We're going to have those in our congregations who are very quick to criticize, very quick to complain about all kinds of things, but very slow to encourage. This is particularly true in the early stages of a revitalization or a replant. Again, we must be ready for this. In the face of being criticized and in the face of complaints, we must humble ourselves and seek to intentionally pursue our critics with love and grace. This takes spirit-empowered patience. We must be willing to hear their complaints and be willing to learn even if we don't completely agree. Paul puts it this way in 2 Timothy 2, 24-26, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snares of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Even if we don't always agree with our critics' beliefs, perceptions, and reasoning, we would be wise to listen to them thoughtfully and carefully in order to understand them better. Whether we like it or not, these critics are typically an integral part of our church family. Don't ignore them. That might be your temptation, but don't do it. There could very well be deeper heart issues that you as their pastor can help them address and deal with before their bitterness spreads like a disease to the entire church. Lean into your critics. 
Don't run from them. Let me say that again. Lean into your critics. Don't run from them and lean into them with love and grace. Trust the Lord to give you his strength, his courage and wisdom, and of course, his patience in ministering to them. Number five, those who are forgetful or flaky in their responsibilities. Part of leadership development is training people to be mature in their understanding of responsibility, to help them take ownership of those things we have entrusted them with or entrusted them to do. We will have congregants who tend to be flaky or forgetful, which can be very frustrating as a leader. But guess what? This is simply the reality in every church. This is how ministry goes. While some in our congregation will be punctual, detail-oriented, and faithful to follow through with any and every ministry commitment they make, trust me, there will be plenty of others who are marked by the opposite of these things. This shouldn't take us by surprise. If we're going to care for each of these different types of people, and if we're going to develop different types of leaders, we must be prepared and ready to show great patience and grace toward those who are forgetful or flake out in their responsibilities from time to time. Here are a couple of passages to consider on this topic. In 1 Thessalonians 5.14, Paul writes, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, Be patient with them all. Paul, when he was writing this, understood that within the body of Christ, there will be all kinds of people, including the idle and faint-hearted and the weak. We are called to be patient with them all. In 2 Timothy 4.2, Paul writes to Timothy, a young pastor whom he had mentored, he writes, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. As we instruct people, as we preach the word and disciple them, all of this must be undergirded with a deep sense and practice of godly, spirit-empowered patience in our leadership. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast today. Hey, as you continue to grow, I want to point you in the direction of a book called Leading Church Revitalization. This entire podcast is really built on and based on that book. You can pick it up at Amazon.com today. Also, check out AcomaPress.org. Acoma Press is committed to putting out resources to help encourage and equip you as a revitalizer or a replanter. It's also very committed to help equip congregations that are struggling and facing serious decline. And one last thing, I would love to stay in touch with you. So let's connect on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Any way I can serve you, I would love to do that. Man, I can't wait till we're together next time. Thanks so much for stopping by. God bless you all.